0: Hi, and welcome to the Annex Podcast, Elevate YM Edition. We're a youth group at the Building Christian Fellowship that believes that you can have a real and relevant relationship with Jesus, even at a young age. And we pray you enjoy this message from last Thursday. Can I get everybody in the house and at home to shout amen? Come on, bro. We've been gone for months. Can we shout amen? Like we're excited to be in here? Or maybe it's the mask. Can we shout amen? Amen. Amen. You can take your seats. Glory be to God, man. I'm so happy. I am so excited to see all of you guys' faces. If you're joining us online, thank you for showing up and tuning into tonight's broadcast. If you tuned in by accident, this is Elevate YM Thursdays. It's for the youth. Yes, Y O U F youth. But in all seriousness, man, I hope you guys are doing good. I missed you. Some of y'all got new haircuts. Some of y'all got taller. Some of your guys' hair got longer. Man, I was talking to Ivy the other day, and he was, I had reminded him that he has, like, less than, like, 123 days left in high school. Because y'all know that school will eventually be over this year, right? Like, it's not a never-ending thing that you have to constantly log on to your computer and be in that Zoom room and stuff. Why do I keep saying Zoom room? Always in the Zoom calls, always in the Google Hangouts. That school will be over June 9th. It's coming soon, y'all. Make sure you guys are being diligent in your classrooms. Make sure that you give your teachers grace. Amen. Isabella said hallelujah. But we're going to get right to it tonight, you guys. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. That's the very end of the book of Mark. Mark chapter 16. If you got it in your Bible, say, I got it. Lord Jesus, y'all ain't been in church that long that you forgot how to use your Bibles? For those of you guys that need physical Bibles, you guys need a little bit more light, or are we all on on the screens? We good? If you don't have your Bibles on you today, what you're doing with your life, get yourself a Bible, download the Bible app. If you don't got the Bible app, get yourself a physical Bible. A physical Bible doesn't have notifications, all right? Doesn't get Facebook notifications. Oh, y'all don't have Facebook. Instagram notifications, TikTok notifications. What's the new one with, like, the, the party chat line? Clubhouse, no clubhouse notifications. I downloaded it yesterday, and I have not stopped getting notifications. Like, I don't want to be a part of every conversation. I just want a few. That's it. But anyways, Mark chapter 16, starting from verse 9. Now, this is right after Jesus rose from the dead. Mark chapter 16, starting from verse 9, it says, After Jesus rose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he casted out seven demons. say, oh, my goodness. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the 11 disciples. This is Jesus, appeared to the 11 disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them, confirming What they said by many miraculous signs can elevate, say, amen. Amen. Tonight we're going to be talking about the good news. We're going to be talking about the good news. Now, I don't know when the last time you guys got good news was. I know it's kind of hard nowadays because you might go on Twitter, you might go on Instagram, you might be on TikTok, and nothing you hear about is COVID, COVID, COVID. Who's sick now? What celebrity got the vid? When are we ever gonna go back to school? You're hearing about the depression rates. You're hearing about the depression rates amongst teenagers. You're hearing about the, the, the suicide rates amongst youth. And it seems like we can't get any good news. Now, now, now what, is the, what is the thing that you usually do when you get good news, right? So, so, so by a show of hands, if you won the lottery, right, wouldn't you tell somebody? Am I alone here, wouldn't you tell somebody? Some of you guys are like, nah, I wouldn't tell nobody because they'd be asking me for money. But if you got good news, like say if you're a senior and you applied to a college and you got accepted into the college of your choice, wouldn't you tell somebody because it's good news? Wouldn't you tell somebody because you received something that's already happened in your life? Like, look, it's not that I'm, I'm supposing that I've gotten into this college. I've gotten into this college. It's, it's like it's like Cam being accepted. Into East Bay. It's like that kind of thing. It's like that kind of good news. It's it's like the type of good news that maybe Trey Horace got when he got the phone call and said, Hey, you got the job here at Chick-fil-A. Maybe it's that kind of good news. Now, now when we receive a certain news, when we receive something that that is good to us, it's gonna be great to us, whether it be money, whether it be any kind of good thing, when we receive that good news, we can't help but tell everybody, right? Now by a quick show of hands. And there's no judgment here. By a show of hands, who can proudly say that they're a Christian? Right. Most of the hands went up. Proudly. Raise your hand high. Don't be ashamed. Raise your hand high. We're all claiming to be Christians here in the house. And and if you're raising your hand over the stream, put a little hand in the uh, chat. But if we claim to be Christians, are we treating this knowledge of Christ like it's good news? Like it's the thing that it very is. When it talks about the gospel, the literal translation is the good news. It's something that, 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 that has already been done. It's something that has already happened. That this thing that we believe in isn't supposed to. This thing that we believe in isn't something that we're just hoping might happen someday. We truly believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead. And we believe because Jesus died and rose from the dead, that changes our lives forever. And I'm speaking to myself, too. I'm not preaching up here from a pedestal acting like I'm perfect. But can we question ourselves for just a second? When's the last time that we shared with our friend, our coworker, our classmate about who Jesus Christ is? About why he came? About why he's good news in the first place? Let me share some with you guys. There, there's, a, there's a theologian. His name is R.C. Sproul. He says, there, it's hard to have good news without bad news. And this is the bad news that, look, because of our sin, because of the things that we fall into, because of how wicked we are, because of how wicked our hearts is, we deserve hell. This is the good news that Jesus Christ died for us, not because we were righteous on our own, not because we were good enough in our own works, but because Christ was righteous, because he was the perfect sacrifice. He died for us so that we might be saved. This is the good news. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, if you've accepted this this Christ-like lifestyle, why not tell somebody about it? Like, look, before, before I met Christ, I was in my sin. I was dead. I was on my way to hell. But when I accepted Jesus Christ into my life, things changed. I'm not the person that I used to be. I'm not the same person that used to do stupid stuff and and show up to all the parties and, and to be drinking and to be smoking and to have these bad thoughts and have these thoughts of lust and to have this addiction to pornography and to have all these toxic relationships. I'm not that person that I used to be because I've been made new in Jesus Christ. This is the good news. And listen, it's still relevant even though you're a teenager that the good news doesn't just apply to adults. The good news doesn't just apply to your parents, but we've been given the opportunity to to, to come to the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. He's our Lord and Savior. He's not just one of many ways into heaven. As a believer, as a Christian, we all raise our hands. We believe that he is the way. We believe that he is the truth. We believe that he is the life. We believe that because of his righteousness that we are to follow after him and not follow after our own desires. That we are to seek the kingdom above all else and God's going to supply our needs. That because we believe in who Jesus is, that it changes our lives forever. Now, if you've come to this revelation and you've come to this realization and you realize that you have friends, that you have family, that you have people that are close to you, why not tell them about Jesus? Maybe there's a reservation. I get it. You want to stay cool with your friends? You don't want to be the creepy Jesus freak kid in class. I get that part. I get the embarrassment. I get the awkward talks. I get the rejection. What if I invite my friend to church and he says no? Well, what, if, what, if, what if I tell my friend about Jesus and he doesn't want to be my friend anymore? What if I tell my family member that I love that, hey, the way that you're living, that it's not good. You need Jesus. What, what, if they, what if they push me away? Listen, it's good that you suffer for Christ's sake. Because even though we might be thinking about the moment, about the circumstance, we've been called to preach the gospel. As Christians, as believers, above all, as what no matter what your political party is and your family, no matter what the way that you've been raised, as a believer, that comes first. I like how Isaiah says it. Not the book of Isaiah, but Isaiah Earls. I'm Christian before I'm an ethnicity. I'm a believer before I'm a black man. Because ultimately, this flesh is going to pass away. Ultimately, one day, they're going to bury me six feet under. I haven't decided yet if I want to be buried or or made into, you know, you can be made into trees nowadays or into a family jewel or something like that. I haven't really decided yet. It's kind of morbid to talk about, but hey, the day's coming. But that day is coming, and listen, life doesn't end when you die. That there's a life after death. We believe that as Christians, right? So if we've come to this knowledge, and there are people without this knowledge, and there are people without this revelation, we have to be the ones to deliver them and lead them to the truth. That we haven't just found an objective truth, like, not in this world that we're in now. It's like, well, I believe that my truth, I believe that my way, well, oh, I believe that love is love. no, we believe that God is love. Well well, 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 according to my truth, no, this is the truth and his name is Jesus Christ. You have a mandate, you have a mantle to preach the gospel. and guess what? Preaching the gospel doesn't look like you standing on a podium holding a microphone, yelling at teenagers. Preaching the gospel is living, and I've talked to you guys about this before, the best message that you could ever preach is with your life. The best message that you can ever preach is how you treat people. The best message that you can ever preach is how you love on the people that are around you, the people that hate you, the people that slander you, the people that are your enemies. That's that's how you preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let me get back to my points. I only got two points for you guys tonight. We're going to be quick. And we'll get right to the after party. First point is this, and it's simple. You guys are gonna be shocked when you hear this. I promise you'll be shocked. First point preach the good news to everyone. Are you guys shocked? No? It was in the scripture? You heard it before? It's the first point. This is our call to action as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ. At those that, that that claim to be a part of the way, be, that, that claim to be in the body of Christ, we are called to preach the good news to everyone. And another word for good news is the gospel, the story of Jesus Christ. Now, 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 preach, like I was saying before, preach means literally to publish, to proclaim openly something which has been done. It was funny. So I was doing a little research, and have you guys, like, ever seen those, like, Kids back in like the 1940s and like the 1930s, and they got like this little like hat and they got suspenders and they got like their shirts just like tucked and sleeved up and like their pants are up. Be like on the on the street corner, be like, extra, extra, read all about it. Florida man Florida Man has taken three kittens out of the like you get what I'm saying? Y'all seen that before? that he's proclaiming the news that's happened. Now, I'm not, not telling you that you need to be the person on the street corner going, repent or you're going to hell. I'm not telling you that you have to be that person. By all means, listen to the will of God. But like I was saying before, when I say preach the good news to everyone, you don't always have this opportunity to be on a stage in front of a bunch of people. You don't always have the opportunity to to be at the after party in small groups being able to preach the gospel there. That sometimes your stage, sometimes your podium is in your classroom. Sometimes your stage, sometimes your podium is on that FaceTime call with your friend. Sometimes your stage, sometimes your podium is, is at family gatherings when you guys are allowed to do them. That you have to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. Not just in your own will and your own authority. Like, this would be the perfect time to give them Ephesians chapter 4. Like, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that in everything we do, that we're led by the Spirit. Listen, as a preacher, as a, as a pastor here at the Building Christian Fellowship, I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. I couldn't come up with this level of truth if I tried. I do I, I, I do my best. Every week. I do my best when I'm appointed to give the, the message is to be led by God. God, what do you want me to preach? Not what does JR think, not what does JR have to say, but God, I'm getting ready to to, to speak to the youth, and and we haven't been in the church in months, and 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 I, I need a message to encourage and uplift the, the youth. God, your will be done. Allow your spirit to lead me. Give me the words to say, Lord, I'm your vessel. Because when I put myself in that posture, when I put myself in the the position to worship and to be led by the Spirit and to be led by God, that's when I'm most effectual. Ooh, look at that word. I've been reading. Effective. So it's important that, that God is really good at using people that aren't qualified. Look at his disciples. Fishermen, tax collectors, prostitutes, people, the the, the worst people that you can think of, the most unqualified people that you can think of, because they they, they gave their lives to Christ, they were able to be used. Because they gave uh, their heart, their will, and made their will God's will, they were able to be used. And I'm here to tell something to you today. That it doesn't matter your education, that it doesn't matter what your background is or your testimony or what you've been through or the things that you've done wrong, that in Christ, we can be used for good use. That in Christ, in Christ alone, we can do his will. That you don't have to worry uh, about being a a super-duper Jesus PhD in order to preach the good news to somebody. That the best message that you can preach is say, look... Man, I used to be crazy, I used to do whatever I wanted to, I used to smoke all this, I used to drink all this, I used to be promiscuous, I used to give in to lust, I used to give into my addictions. But that was my old life, and now I'm made new in Christ, and I've been made into a new creature. That old person has passed away. I'm made new, and I'm reborn in Jesus Christ. This is the good news, that we don't have to be righteous in our own understanding that we don't have to be quote unquote good enough. It is by grace that we have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Not by works that any of us should boast. Because listen, just think about how how foolish this is. That my good and your good aren't the same. What I think is good and what you might think is good might not be the same. I like a spicy chicken sandwich with fries and an Arnold Palmer from Chick-fil-A. You might like the salad. The salad is fire. But what might be good to you might not be good to me. Trust me, there are, some, there are some themes and topics in this Bible that I struggle with where it's like, Lord, how am I supposed to forgive the person that does me wrong? Because they did me bad. Lord, 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 Lord how, how, how can I be a servant if I've done all these wrong things? Lord, Lord, Lord! How, how, how can I be of help to anyone when I've done people wrong my whole life? It says right here in Scripture that you are made new in Jesus Christ; that you are a new creature in Jesus Christ; that you have been. The, the word uses this, 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 this uh, language where it says you've been adopted into the family of Christ, regardless of who you belonged to before. Regardless of what you submitted to, regardless of the things that you used to do, because of Jesus' sacrifice, you have been let into the family. You've been let into the fold. You are part of the body of Christ. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what you've been through. Heaven forbid, I'm sure you guys have been through things that I couldn't even imagine. But in Christ, we can be made new. In Christ, we can be set free. In Christ, we can do things righteous in his standards, not our own. Our first point was preach the good news to everyone. And we got to do it unashamed, guys. Romans 1.16 says this, if you listen to Reach Records. For I am not ashamed for the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplish from start to finish by faith as the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life it's through faith that a righteous person has life our first point was preach the good news to everyone I know it was a shock to you guys I know it was a crazy point but it's in scripture our second point is this and we're almost done is anyone who believes the good news will be saved. Somebody go, really? Anyone who believes the good news will be saved. Right now I'm thinking about the crucifixion scene. I'm thinking about our Savior sacrificing his life for us on the cross. And he's between two particular people. Two bad guys that he's being crucified with and he hears all this talk about this savior this 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 person to the next that's next to him hears about this talk about the savior and and who this person and he comes to the listen whatever paradise you're about to go to take me with you whatever paradise that you're, you're talking about whatever kingdom that you're talking about or they're talking about right now take me with you i'm willing to follow you even on the cross, even even in in his death sentence, he was ready to follow God. Listen, it might not seem like you're close to death, but listen, you're a moment away. It might not seem like, 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 it might seem because you're young, like, oh, I got the, I'm gonna live a hundred years. Listen, tomorrow is not promised. That I encourage you, like, look, I don't know, like I was saying before, I don't know what situation that you've been in. I don't know, know what you're dealing with. I don't know what sins that you're struggling with. But the Word of God says anyone who believes. Anyone who believes. Does anybody know what believe means? I know tonight's real basic, and you guys like, of course I know what believe means. But believe literally means, look, I am convinced that this thing is true. You can't tell me otherwise. I am convinced that something is true. And when we make the decision in our hearts and confess with our mouths that we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose from the dead, then we are saved. We're saved from that bad news. We're, we're, we're saved from, from, the, from the hell and damnation that we deserve. That anyone who believes that in the good news will be saved. And as I come to a close, Romans 10 says this, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sound familiar? For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Will will never be disgraced. I don't know what your relationship is like with your your earthly parents, with your mom and dad. Maybe you have step-parents. Maybe you have uh, guardians or grandparents that watch over you. I don't know what your relationship is like with them. But this heavenly father that we've been talking about tonight, God, he's faithful. His promises never come back void. When God speaks something, it's going to happen. So listen, when he gives us this promise that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that, that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. It's that simple. And when I look, when I look at this at this scripture, this particular verse in scripture expanded, right? We know that the heart is deceitful above all else. We know that, that we are led by our emotions. We know that we are led by this flesh. What this scripture is saying that, look, once you've given God your heart, everything else will follow. Why do you say that, Jr.? Why are you being particular about that, Jr.? Because a lot of times we come to a head knowledge of who Jesus is and never submit to his will. We, we, we come to a head knowledge of, of what it means to be a Christian. We get all the right steps right and we know how to raise our hands during certain parts in service and say amen when the preacher is preaching. But our hearts are never changed. It says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that there's an order of operation. Don't just try to master the behavior and have your parents fool thinking that you're saved. Don't try to fool us and and try to act like things are all good and things are back together. No, you have to give your heart to God for yourself. God isn't looking for people just to have a a knowledge of him. He's looking for people to have a relationship with him. When you have a relationship, there's communion. When you have a relationship, there's trust. When you have a relationship, there is this deep love, that that the type of love that God has that can't separate you from him. So if we can all stand to our feet, I'm encouraging each and every one of you, all of my believers, all of my Christians, all of the people that have been in church for some time, to go out and preach the gospel. Preach the good news of Jesus Christ. That if you don't know how to put the words together, be like, look, I'm not good, but he is. I'm not righteous, but he is. I wasn't enough to to die for my sins, but but he was. That I truly believe, and I had said it on an Instagram post the other day, that I believe that revival starts with the youth. It starts with each and every one of you. That I can preach a million messages until my face turns blue. I can schedule one of the crew leaders. I can bring in the best youth pastor in America. But, but until you guys get this message into your heart, that's how it spreads. That's how it spreads. It's not about just one person preaching on a podium. It's about it, it, when we see revival, each and every person is spreading the word of God. That the word of God says that we're a body that is fitly joined together. That we're not just a mob of of, of people that come together in church. That we're not just a group of people that come together that that, that wear the merch and and listen to cool music. But we are united by the Spirit of God. That as you go out and as you you, you follow the, the commandments that God has given you to preach the gospel, he will be with you. That although you don't feel like you have the words to say, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say. We have to be in the mindset, whether you're coming a knowledge of who God is for the first time, or you've been walking with him for a long time, that God, I trust you. That's how it starts. When you first got saved, what did you say? God, I trust you. Your heart is delicate. Your heart, you don't want it broken. And to trust something to someone else, it requires some trust. You guys know the goodness of God. You guys know how faithful God has been. You guys know how faithful God has been in your lives and in your family's lives. You know how good God has been to you. You've come to all this knowledge and you've known who Jesus is. Why not share it? Why not let people know about the goodness of God? Preach the gospel. Be led by the Spirit. Be obedient when God calls your name. I'm thinking about Samuel, right? I think of Samuel. It's a prophet in the Bible. But he was young. And he was just starting out in ministry. Young dude. He was sleeping. And, and the person that he was serving under was in the other room. And next thing you know, he hears Samuel. Gets up. He's thinking this is his mentor. He's like, "You called me? No, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep." All right. I know I ain't chirping. I know I heard my name. Go back to sleep. Samuel, did you call me? No. Go back to sleep. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Next time you hear that voice, say, "Here I am, Lord." Samuel, Here I am, Lord. What do you need of me? That's the type of mindset that we have to have as people that are submitted and servants to God. That when he says, Josiah. Here I am, Lord. Trey. Here I am, Lord. Jaden. Here I am, Lord. Rama, Here I am, Lord jada here i am lord don't worry about what happened in your past you are made new in jesus christ don't worry about your qualifications jesus god is the most qualified being in the universe and he's called you you've been accepted into the family you've been given a commandment to preach the gospel Answer the call, amen, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed. If you're here today and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, or you're online and you feel like you haven't actually believed that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead for your sins, and you want to start believing, truly being convinced that what he did is real, I want you to raise your hand. Real simple, raise your hand if you want to give your life to Christ today. Amen. I see your hand. I see your hand back there. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, for meeting us here tonight. Lord, that sometimes your word might seem like it's fundamental, Like it's elementary, God, like it's simple. But God, I pray that we don't forget about the simple things in your word. That we don't forget about the fundamentals in your word, God. Lord, we don't treat your word like it's advice, like it's something that we're guessing at, God. But we treat it like the good news that it actually is, that your word is true. God, that you really did die on the cross that you really did raise from the dead, and that what you did on the cross, that what you did through your resurrection, Lord God, that that we can have life through you. God, we submit ourselves to your will. Tonight we are saying that we trust you, God, that when you call us, we will answer, God, that we won't be ashamed of your gospel. Lord God, that you give us the courage that we need You give us the strength that we need. You give us the authority that we need through your spirit, God. You did not give us a spirit of fear. But you have given us power and love and a sound mind, God. I'm praying that we have a sound mind when we preach the gospel. Lord God, that you put the the exact people that we needed to talk to you about you, God. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give God a praise real quick for the people that got saved today?